Today we have a photograph by Bob Fields, actually two photographs, two versions of the same image, that were sent for review with the notation that Bob wanted to find out which of the two are preferred, either the color version or the black and white version. So I thought that this was an interesting topic for a print review because uh, not only is it of interest to Bob, but it's also something that comes up you know, somewhat regularly, whether a photograph can be better in black and white or in color, or whether the two should be shown together. And the problem that I have usually with this kind of request is that obviously this is a choice that should be made by the photographer, not by the audience. And of course, uh, even though I'm the reviewer, I'm the audience of this work just as much as you are the audience of this work. And, you know, we can certainly imagine having uh, or going to a museum and uh, visiting uh, a show and having photographs in the show that are black and white and color of the same image, like these two photographs, side by side, maybe framed in the same frame or framed in different frame, and, uh, you know, be asked by uh, the artist, which one do you like the best? But the problem with that is that I think we want the artist to make the decision himself or herself. We don't really need, as an audience, to have that responsibility added to the the enjoyment of looking at the work. And some of us might like it, um, but I think that the majority of the audience probably wouldn't uh, enjoy it all that much. For one thing, I think that when you have a show, you know, be it in a gallery or in a museum or even an art show, the audience gives the photographer the credit for knowing what the best photographs in his or her work are. And the minute that the photographer says, you know, I don't really know which one is the best, I'm letting you decide whether you prefer the black and white or the color. We take that, which might be from the part of the photographer, an open-minded approach. But we take that op open-minded approach and we perceive it as the lack of ability from the part of the photographer to choose the best of his work for show purposes. We take it as a weakness on the part of the photographer, even though, you know, for that person, for that photographer, it's probably more open-mindedness than anything else. And that has a lot to do with the relationship that the viewing audience has with artists. The viewing audience doesn't know necessarily a whole lot about photography. Suddenly, part of the audience is composed of people that are photographers that know a lot about photography. But part of the audience is also composed of people that just enjoy you know, beautiful photographs or works of art. People that just want to go there and see what the photographer has to offer. And the minute that you ask that audience, hey, listen, make up your mind, this is your job, I'm done, I've done this work, and you pick the one you like the best, we feel that the photographer is imposing on us part of what is really his or her job. So this being said, let's look at these photographs and try to decide which one is the best. And of course, that's, you know, fairly difficult because the two have values that, you know, are different. Obviously, the reason why somebody does color is because we want color and we are good with color and we have an eye for color and we can show colors that are particularly interesting. And the reason why we do black and white is because we have an eye for tones, tonalities of black and white and gray. Black and white doesn't have hue, doesn't have saturation, it only has lightness and darkness. That is tonality of black, white and grays. 
And we do black and white because we have an eye for contrast and we have an eye for shapes and graphic qualities. And so the two, in a sense, address a different audience, which is also another problem. Usually, uh, people who like black and white don't always like color and vice versa. Now, we have people that like both, but we also have people that like just black and white or just color. So that's another issue. You're attracting two audiences and, um, you know, you might eventually lose both, right? So that's something to consider. Now, which one is the best? Well, that's a fairly difficult thing to answer. The first thing that I would say is that the color image tends to have probably a little bit of a color cast or something like that. So I'm going to look with curves, opening a curve dialog box, and I'm going to put the curve box here. And I'm going to take the gray slider, and I'm going to click on one of these rocks in the foreground because they are fairly neutral gray. And what we find out is, if we click the little eye icon here, which shows before and after, is that there was a slight yellowish cast onto the image, okay, at the gray level. Um, otherwise, we are fine at the level of the black point and at the level of the white point, so it's, it's okay. So I'm going to close this off, and uh, we now can see the before and after simply by closing and opening the uh, dialog box. But you know, besides that, and we may still have a little bit of a green cast now that I don't like all that much. So maybe I would reduce the green level a little bit, um, maybe mostly in the shadows, like that. And then now we also have a little bit of a darkness problem. So I'm going to simply go very quickly and uh, bring this part of the image up a little bit. Okay. And as you can see, the minute we start to do all of that, um, we uh, can get very, very involved. So we have an image that has a, bit, a little bit of a cleaned up color quality now, although I'm not totally sure that we are done with it. I probably would want to um, definitely try to uh, affect the contrast level of the scene, maybe use brightness, darkness, oh sorry, not contrast, uh, shadow highlight, sorry, shadow highlight, uh, which is here, and uh, see what we can get with that, and uh, open the shadows a little bit, and then probably reduce the highlights a little bit. And see what we have now. So that allows us to get the sky a little darker and open the shadows a little bit. So it's all, you know, there's endless things. And of course, when I get these photographs uh, from uh, students that submit them, I have to make a choice as to what I'm going to talk about. And obviously, uh, I can't talk about everything, otherwise I'd be at it for hours. And even as it turns out, these online reviews end up taking a whole lot more time than I'd like to, but you know, just like that, we have actually something, I think, a little bit more interesting. If we go to the history palette, uh, which is here, uh, you can see the before and the after. So we sort of, you know, sort of fixed up the relationship of tones here. And what's very interesting is that when you look at how this image was before and how it is now, this opened. Uh, you know, shadow area and the highlights being darker, make the moon stand out more. The grain is cleaner because it doesn't have this yellowish cast on it. 
and the shadows are also cleaner, they are neutral grey in the foreground as opposed to being this sort of yellowish color that they were before, very, very dark also. And as it turns out, the point I'm trying to make is that it actually resembles more the black and white in the tonal range, as far as the foreground, which was more open in the black and white version, and as far as the sky, which is also darker in the foreground, uh, the black and white version. Now, the mountains here in the black and white version are way brighter than here, and that's because they are red, yellow. And yellow, as you can see also here in the plant, the Viagas, the agave stack, so that's a dead agave on the ground. The yellow of the agave has turned almost a pure white here, and that's because yellow in black and white is basically white, turns out to be white. It has a very high reflectance quality, very, very bright color, and it turns out to be almost pure white on black and white film. So which one do I like best? I think that at this point, my preference is probably the color version. Once it is cleaned up, I find a very interesting contrast of color between the very delicate yellow here and the nice green here and the red of the mountain. While here, all of these colors are obviously lost because it's black and white. And that's fine because obviously we have the black and white contrast to take uh, the importance. But we don't have that much of a graphic quality to let's say compensate. That is, if we lose something by, by going to black and white, then we have to gain something by going to black and white. And obviously what we lose here is the color. And we did not lose that much color here because the colors were not fully clean. They needed to be optimized. But now that we have optimized them very quickly, we could go much further, of course. Um, we lose all of these nice colors and suddenly we gain the contrast and we gain the graphic quality. But as I said, the graphic quality does not quite take over and compensate for the loss of color. So my personal preference would be the color quality of the image because we can still see the main composition of the image, which is this triangle here and then this agave stark here, which interestingly enough, the stark of the agave, the trunk, follows the side of the triangular shape in the foreground. And then we have this wavy shape here for the hills, and then this sort of counter wavy shape for the mountain, and then the moon, and then the sky. And so we have all of these interesting shapes. That is exactly the same when we go into the black and white version. And I don't see that we gain that much, as I said, graphic quality, that much of a shape emphasis by going to black and white. So my favorite would be for the color image. So black and white versus color, in this instance, color wins, at least as far as I'm concerned, since I was asked to give my opinion. And the only thing I would do is probably continue optimizing the color by going to color, uh, selective color, and cleaning up probably, uh, you know, these colors here, maybe going into the white, which is the sky, and cleaning up the blue a little bit, and then going into the blue, and also darkening the blue a little bit, and maybe going into the cyan, and uh, doing the same, and then maybe uh, going into the neutrals, and removing a little bit more of that yellow color which uh, bothered me quite a bit. And as we can see, we're starting to really get this image very, very clean. Uh, there was still some hints of this yellow polluting color that we had before. And then maybe adding a little bit of black to make it pop a little bit more. And finally, um, let's see, what haven't we worked on? Going to the yellow, um, and take out some of the magenta a little bit to make it uh, more 
more present, you know, more, more, uh, you know, more, more something that we like. And this is the before and after. I'm going to go back to the history channel here, and you can see the before and after selective color. And now we have an image that's even cleaner in color, and we could keep going. Obviously, uh, I don't want to spend all day cleaning the color of this image. And now you can see how the color really, really stand out compared to the black and white. And I think that we have a winner here. I think it's a knockout. I think the color takes over totally. The problem was that the color wasn't that good to start with. And so, of course, if you have muddy color, then black and white fixes that problem because it's clean. It's, you know, there's no such thing as muddy black and white as far as color. You can have muddy black and white as far as tones, but we had solved the color problem by going to black and white. But of course, now that we have nice clean color with pure gray foreground, you know, the neutral grays are right on, um, the black and white now doesn't even stand a chance. And we have a winner, and it's a knockout, and the winner is the color image of Big Bend National Park by Bob Fields.